Welcome to Casual Talk Radio Podcast found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister, I'm your host. Thank you for dialing in today, whether you're an existing subscriber or a new listener. We welcome everybody. Got a couple things to get out of the way first, and then we're going to get right into our topic for today. Casualtalkradio.net. That's our website. Check it out for all of our different podcast episodes, past and present. We're constantly making updates. We're refining the website experience. If you have any feedback, we'd appreciate hearing it. You can hit the contact link at the top, fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air. Who knows? Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. Switching things up on you guys here today for today's episode, as well as Wednesday's episode, I'm going to be doing some reviews, a couple of devices from the digital detox trend, not for digital detox purposes specifically, but simply because I think it's important to talk about the devices because there's a lot of misinformation about them and then some real understandings. I think it's a, it's a culture shift for a lot of people. So I'm going to be talking about those real fast. Let me give you an update, internal update. So all paperwork is done. All financial is done, finished. So as far as I can tell, I will be out of here, finally, out of the prison, known as Nevada, in January. I have to figure out the relocation, kind of the logistic parts, first week of the January. But the plan is that week prior to, what is that, the week of the 8th or week of the 9th, I believe. So that, that weekend prior is when I'll need to be on the road to get up there and then I'll have to do like a hotel or something for a couple of days until the actual date that I go and claim the unit. So there's a lot involved in this. There's a lot of shifting and planning and shuffling. And, and you're going to see over time, I am going to be doing a little bit more engagement type things with casual talk radio. There's a lot more on the crypto talk radio side that I do. Crypto talk radio is right now the most active cryptocurrency podcast, according to the stats, at least on Spotify, many of the cryptocurrency podcasts out there have either died out or they're simply not as active. They're simply not as consistent. And one thing about podcasts, you have to be consistent with your recording. If you're going to be in it, you got to hold to it. And just to give you an example of what I mean, Casual Talk Radio was the first podcast, Gentleman's World, was its name, Leisteridge. And I started it because it was kind of my, it, it even now, it's, there's something about Casual Talk Radio that I favor. And I think it just has to be this feeling of a digital journal documenting a journey, talking about different things and sharing different insights for different people. And we've had guests and the guests I purposely have not aggressively gone after guests because I felt like I needed to kind of reset, realign. And now that I've gotten kind of that handled and this whole move gets sorted means we'll be ready to hit the ground running in 2023. And I'll be a better situation to start back up some of the things I did. But in the meantime, it gave me the opportunity to just do more recording like I was doing build on the cadence, get our cover art the way I needed, get our marketing messaging out for the podcast and everything else. So I think we're in a good spot. With all of this, right, I needed to also get my financial, my endeavors in order. And that's somewhat in order. I get paid, but not exactly the way I want, but I do get paid and I make a really good amount of money. That's what contributed to my ability now to get out of Nevada. Other things got cleared up from the past. So we're in a good spot. And hopefully we keep this momentum. Hopefully we're able to keep this going for the foreseeable future. There's a lot on deck and I am somewhat optimistic about what this means. We have a lot of work with the first endeavor 
real critical project work that's happening for the last couple of weeks in December, ramping up for December 31st, and there's a big initiative, very important for them. And I was cranking to get the most of that as I could into production as quickly as we could. We had a couple of small things, nothing major, and it looks like we're positioned for success. So then the first week of, this, of January, I'll have to be on deck in case there's something that goes wrong that we didn't catch. But now we have more tools to be able to detect those problems. So I'm optimistic on that front. The second endeavor, then I learned a lot more stuff about them as a client, about their what they're doing. And I'm, let's say I'm slightly concerned, not greatly concerned because it means that they really need me. They really need somebody like me. And I think I can lend a lot of value. At some point though, um, they have some fundamental challenges we're going to work past. And I was able to identify some really strange things with, connections to past with them that I didn't expect. I don't know what that means yet. So I'll be watching that very closely. Meanwhile, like I said, the money is flowing, just not exactly what I want. The first endeavor has offered to try to fix that. And if that gets fixed where I paid the way I want to be paid and ideally the rate that I want to be paid, that'll just help even more and I can smooth everything out. Last update is casual talk radio. My plan once I'm out of here is to formalize the process for getting everything registered, all the name registration, business registration, licensing, everything necessary to turn this into an actual fully vetted business because right now it's under CTR, the brand, but all that's under me as an individual. In the future, it'll be its own standalone entity and I'm really excited about that. That opens a lot more doors for the podcast and then my pie-in-the-sky vision would be radio, actual radio, FM or AM, I don't care, actual radio, broadcast radio, not just live online internet, but also radio. And what that means, I know what it takes. And I want to dig into that and see if we can get that going. Because I think there's an opportunity there as well to really change the game and do something that nobody else is really doing. With all that said, let's go ahead and get in our update and start talking about digital detox. A little bit of background about this review. I am a technologist by trade, but it goes deeper than that. I was working technology since I was like five years old. And I know that seems strange, but I was working technology since I was five years old. And the story is that back then we had a computer in one of our side rooms. At that time, computers were not really used for hardly anything except games and the occasional like word processing document. You didn't use it for hardly much of anything, nowhere near the way we use it today. So, I didn't even use it for games. I was really more about the board games, kind of our figures. You know, that's that's what I, and video games later. I wasn't really into computer games. My older brothers, they got into it and then they eventually introduced me to it, but we didn't use that computer in that home very heavily at all. It was really kind of sitting off in the corner. And I remember that one Christmas where there was a Christmas present sitting on the computer keyboard simply because at the time my parents knew that I was going to go to the computer and just kind of, play around with it a little bit, but they knew also I wasn't heavy on it. Now, it seemed like, and this is only a theory, seemed like one of my parents had the wherewithal to understand that there's probably something to this technology thing. And so from that computer, we ended up getting other computers over time. They spent a lot of, she spent a lot of money on computers and we were using it more and more. Of course, the rise of internet speeds and everything else opens up opportunities for email and everything else. I've said on one of our past updates. I believe that technology is being misused. I don't believe that its current use is the intent. I believe there's opportunity to optimize people's lives using technology. But I think what we're doing is the wrong direction. 
invasive, problematic, and to some degree, emotionally damaging to people. So here's a great example, just to give you an expression. Here's a great example of where I think technology plays well. From my home, the light on the porch, the light in the bedroom, the light in the back porch, they turn on roughly at sunset every day. The light in the living room turns on roughly about 6 p.m. every day, turns off at about 5 a.m. every day. My office waterfall that I've got turns on at about 5 o'clock, assuming, you know, daylight savings, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock-ish, 4 o'clock-ish, and turns off about 4 o'clock-ish, 5 o'clock-ish p.m. These are great uses of technology. When you are automating a rote, routine, regular task, that's a great use of technology. I believe this is an excellent use of technology. The very alarm clock that many depend on is and was a great use of technology. The idea that I need to wake up at a certain time every day and I want a device to help me wake up. Now, what we would learn later through various medical experts is that the alarm clock conceptually is actually not healthy for you. And what's actually healthier is that your circadian rhythm is set to work with light, meaning that your body should naturally get tired, should naturally get sleepy as things get darker. Melatonin, right? And you get to this point of relaxation, or you should. This is assuming that you're not exposing yourself to all this stimuli that will allow you to relax and just kind of calm down. Then when it's time to wake up, the preferred is that you allow your body to naturally wake up whenever it feels ready to wake up. I didn't recognize and I didn't respect what that meant until much later in life. See, when I was in my 20s, for me, it was always, and it's mostly around work, and I think you can resonate with this, it was always, I got to get up about 5 o'clock. Why 5? Because you have to have time to get breakfast. You have to have time to get clean. You have to account for the commute into the office. If you have to run errands in the morning, you got to account for that. Sometimes you can't do it because most companies require you to do 8 to 5. Most companies don't care if there's a different shift that might work for you. So when I was working at call center, we would have shift opportunities for 3.30 to midnight. That was my favorite shift. Why? Because I could get everything done. I could go to the bank and nobody's there. I could go shopping, didn't have to care. I could sleep a little bit longer. And most often I would go to sleep about midnight, 1 a.m. I know you're like, eh, that's what I did. And so 3.30 to midnight worked great. In the white collar, quote unquote, they don't play that. Fast forward and then cell phones become more of a thing. Cell phones at the time I first got one, and I might've told this story. I remember the very first cell phone that I ever laid eyes on. It was the old bag phone in my dad's car that he had, satellite. I thought it was the coolest thing going. Everybody of a certain status or greater had one of these things in their car. Fast forward a little bit more, we start seeing portable cell phones. GTE had a brick phone, 50 cents a minute for this business, prepaid. But anybody could get one. They didn't care about age. They didn't care about anything. It's just nobody could justify 50 cents a minute for this. Fast forward, I get my first job. I'm in an office building. This is in Mission Valley down to San Diego, for those that know San Diego. I'm in an office building. Knock on the door. It's a door-to-door sales guy, which is rare these days, but it's a door-to-door sales guy. And he's selling what was known at the time as Pacific Bell PCS. Pacific Bell PCS is the what is used to be known as what now is known as AT&T. Back then, he's got this phone. It's an Ericsson, I believe it was. 
I thought it looked cool. He's like, yep, I can get you set up right away. I go ahead and do it, not knowing any better. Didn't hardly use it. There was no text messaging that anybody was really doing because I was the only one that had one at this time. Fast forward a little bit. I work at Sprint. What, is, what used to be known as Sprint PCS, now just Sprint. I work at Sprint, and as part of the work, they give you opportunity to have a cell phone. Okay, so they have the regular phones, which are the ones I just described that don't really do much of anything but take calls. And then they got this smartphone at the really high end and is really expensive, nowhere near as expensive as today's phones, but for the time, it was really expensive, but it still didn't have like color screens or any of this. I didn't get my first color screen phone until 2002-ish, and it was a flip phone. I didn't get my real first smartphone until way later, which was a BlackBerry. So I figured, okay, we're going to have these two categories of phones. We're going to have regular phones where everybody just take calls. And then we'll have these, quote, smartphones where people need to do a little bit more. Well, if you fast forward to current day, smartphones have taken over. And I think that's the wrong move. I don't think it's the right answer for numerous reasons. One is accessibility. Certain people simply don't work with touch screens. Two, sight, right? People who are uh, visual disabled, I think it's not good for them. Three, battery life is nowhere near what it used to be. And four, smartphones make a lot of assumptions about how you use it. And so the, the concept of operating systems and usability have all been kind of forced on people. Now, we really don't have any choices. You're basically forced to Apple or Android. We lost BlackBerry. We lost Palm. We lost all the other operating systems that would have given us at least some choice and variety of the experience. Certainly, there are these so-called dumb phones, but most of the carriers don't promote them. They don't put them forward and they push smartphones in your face. If you go shopping for any of the plans, they're going to push smartphones in your face because they'll tell you, don't you want a phone that's a flashlight and a camera and a phone and texting and all these other things in one device? Do, do, do. Or they'll tell you, you know, you need to be able to scan codes in order to log into something. They, they've made phones the go-to Swiss knife of devices instead of what I believe they should be which is the phone is a phone, right? A tablet is a tablet, a phone is a phone, and never should the two connect. I believe that. And I believe that phones are for phone calls, which I do know having talked to many people who are so-called millennials, many people who are younger, they don't like talking on the phone, which I believe is the reason why it's difficult for many of them to communicate effectively and why many of them struggle in forums. If you listen to me, I believe, I, I believe I'm a pretty good communicator. This is because of years of being perfectly fine talking on the phone to other people. And I believe there's a correlation. Scientifically, I can't prove it, but I believe there's a correlation to this. So I actually have never, I've not owned a cell phone for a very long time. I, I used to own a lot of them. I had the T-Mobile Sidekick. I had Blackberries up to Yin Yang. I had tons of Samsungs. I had an Apple at least once. I've had tons, tons of different cell phones. And I got sick of it because I got sick of it being imposed upon me. And yes, I'm speaking as somebody heavy in technology. I believe it's being misused. I don't want it forced on me. I want it to serve me. And right now, phones don't serve the person using it. They force themselves upon you. You're forced to have a cell phone when you fill out online applications. Now, they'll yell at you if you don't give them a phone. And then they'll give you in fine print, you can opt out of our text messages, but they still force you to check the box opting in to just get past the application. And then they force you to do text messages to log into services. They force you to do text messages to get status updates. They force you to be online for text messages for your order status. 
They don't want to do email. Many services refuse to do email. Some of them don't do chat. I was just dealing with Lowe's. They don't have a chat forum at all. So I got to the point where I was tired of stuff being forced upon me. That's the important thing. If I choose to use some device, I'll pick up my tablet and do that for whatever purpose. I don't want it forced upon me. That's number one. Number two, I didn't want the location tracking. I didn't want the privacy violation. And I certainly didn't want to be forced to use a certain operating system simply because it's the common mainstream. I didn't want a common device simply because that's only one available. I'm that kind of person and always have been. I don't want the same device everybody else has. And I know it sounds strange, but I don't want to feel like I'm just a, 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 you know, a Borg, right? I'm just part of the crowd. Why would I want to do that? I've, I've banked my life on standing out in a crowd. That's what I do best <laughs> is not going along with the flow, not practicing groupthink. So I was on the search now because I realized I've got to have a way to do basic phone calls when I am on the road, which isn't frequently, but I am going to be here soon. Got to have a way to do basic phone calls. I wanted to have a way if something happened to my main phone service, I can at least make and receive telephone calls. I wanted to have a way that if I wasn't at home, I can make and receive telephone calls. I wanted to have a fallback in the event that somebody, let's say one of my friends from years ago, they had some emergency, they needed to reach me and text message was the only way or the best way to reach me. I needed to have some lifeline conduit without the fluff, without the padding. I didn't want all the rest of it. So I started looking for simpler devices and I've owned a couple of these flip phones and so on, but they all had the same fundamental flaw. Number one, they're all based on a limited version of those same operating systems. Number two, battery life is garbage. And number three, they still have the same assumptions around smartphones. They just happen to be in a smaller form factor. The idea that there's apps and there's, you know, Google something or whatnot, the same assumptions are there. I didn't want any of it. Didn't want the noise. It just needs to be a freaking phone, right? Just the phone. With the demise of copper phones, this was even more resonating with me. I just wanted a phone. That's all. So I debated Nokia phones and all these, and they simply didn't mean what I wanted. So I was looking at a couple of phones that are part of the so-called digital detox, Mudita Pure and Punked. And, and there's another one. And, but these were the two that I was focusing on because I did need to have physical buttons. I wanted to be away from the smart, the screens. I wanted physical buttons. That was a sell point for me. I know it's a down point for many people. It's a sell point for me. Let me level set. As I talk about the Punked MP2, you probably heard about it from some online ad that told you about digital detox. Let me just clarify. If you're not from the era like I am, where we were on the phone for hours talking to people, where it was perfectly okay talking to people on the phone, where we were used to using T9 inputs to type messages, where we didn't lean on text messages to communicate, we actually just called people. If you're not from that era, this shift won't work. I'll say that as an, a statement in the affirmative. It's not going to work for you if you're not from that era. If you're newer era and it was not part of the common to talk on the phone when you were younger, it's, I believe, too much of a culture shift for you. That's not saying that you shouldn't do it at all or try it. I'm saying that it's too much of a shift to go from I'm all text messages from the moment I was six years old and then somehow you're supposed to go to a world where text messages are not the norm I don't think it's going to work. I saw stories about people who were complaining about the punk MPO2 because they can't do MMS and they can't do group messages and they can't do this. And we're talking about signal and all this. All you're basically doing is fighting the inevitable. 
You're fighting something that's not going to break. You're fighting what must be. There are certain things ingrained in what we're talking about that'll make it work or won't work. So I'm saying if you thought about it and you were not part of that culture that likes to talk on the phone, something like this is not going to feel right. It's going to feel weird because you're not going to be able to do what you think you take for granted on this kind of device the same way that you do. And I'm going to talk about that, but I wanted to preface that first before I go any further. Now that you understand my background as somebody working in technology, my punked, I've got it right here. And I, if I had to describe this in one simple sentence, this device reminds me of the kind of device that you might have on some grossly overpaid CEO that just happens to have a completely different phone than everybody else. And they are not touchscreen. They just need a phone to take those business calls. That's what I feel with this device. The build of it, the build is like nothing I've ever felt before. It, it's, it's a sturdiness that I can't describe. People that own or have owned iPhones understand that while it feels somewhat durable, generally speaking, because of the use of glass, it's pretty much fragile. And there's stories of people dropping it in the street or dropping it in the toilet, which I don't understand that, by the way, from a physics perspective. The point is, even though iPhone feels somewhat durable, it tends to be somewhat fragile. Other phones like uh, Samsung's and others are also somewhat fragile. And then you talk about cases. You put a, some kind of bumper case on it or something else, and now you're adding bulk to the device. It doesn't look as good, so they sell you on this appealing-looking device, and all you do is wrap it in something, and you lose that. With this one, at no point did I feel like I should or need to put it in any sort of case for the purposes of calls, for the purposes of handling it. If I were to drop it, I don't feel, and I haven't done this because I wasn't going to do it because it's expensive, but I don't feel like it would just implode like you might get with certain smartphones, if not all smartphones. I didn't feel that at all. There's... One thing I did call out, and I said this on social media, there's no headphone jack. So if you're one of those that likes to use earbud headphones for calls, it's not going to work here unless they are USB-C. And then I assume they would work. I haven't tested it because I don't use headphone buds. I use the speaker. Speaker phone is loud. It's very loud to the point I had to turn it down, believe it or not. And I will on Wednesday talk about the other device that from Punked, and I had to do the same thing. I had to turn it down because it's so dang loud. For those that are hard of hearing, I think that's great that it has that option of being dramatically loud. So I would say it's much louder than any other smartphone I've used. Certainly so. When you go into the device, there's a single power button on the top. And I dropped in a straight GSM SIM card, in this case, T-Mobile. that's prepaid for like three years or something. And it worked straight out of the gate. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to scan any codes. I didn't have to do anything to activate. It just worked straight out of the box. You power it on. And the first thing you're confronted with is simply the time and the date. Here came concern, not complaint, but concern. Number one is that at no point are you presented with the battery life on the screen. So you don't really know what the remaining battery life is without navigating into the menu. So you can see what the battery life is. I don't want to have to go into the menu to understand battery life because there may be situations where, let's say I was traveling for a few hours and I'm just concerned about the battery. If I didn't have the ability to charge, that might freak me out a little bit because if I'm in the middle of nowhere, which has happened before, I want to understand that I've got battery remaining or I don't so that I can take the proper steps. So you can't tell if there's a battery. You can't tell what the battery is from the screen. You have to navigate into the menu settings and there's a battery option. Then it will tell you as a percentage of what you're dealing with with the battery. 
it's fine that it's there. I just think that there should be a battery indicator so I don't have to necessarily go into the menu to understand what's going on with the battery status. The ringtones then. One of the things we really enjoyed when we were younger is custom ringtones. And this is, we take it for granted now, but back in the old day, back in my day, you know, it was a, it was a bear to get custom ringtones on the device. We had to plug it into the computer and then do some fancy software hack or something to get on there. And now we take it for granted, right? But back then it wasn't that easy. Well, with this one, as far as I can tell, you cannot customize the uh, ringtones. They give you a set of ringtones that are there. And the reason that I said in my analogy that it feels like something that you would get for some executive or something, does that sound like, it's not a bad ringtone, but does that sound like the kind of ringtone that you would have on like a smartphone somewhere else? Yes, but that's all you have are variations of very simple rings. You don't get the advanced, you know, like super music type stuff that you get on any Samsung device or super crazy jingles. I would say they're probably like one note, two note type things. Again, goes to the simplicity that the whole thing is trying to promote. But when I say culture shock, that's what I'm referring to. If you're one of those who likes to have your own ringtone of some variation, I don't see that that's possible to do here. So that's something you got to get used to is you're just waiting for it to ring. And the only ringtone is the one I just played for me that was even acceptable, which is, I believe it's pronounced him. It was the only one that was acceptable for me. And you might flip through it and be totally dissatisfied with every single ringtone there. Part of this culture shift that I'm talking about is you have to be tolerant of that which you cannot control, which means you're kind of forcing yourself to be okay with at least one of these to kind of move it forward. Then let's talk about text messages. Text messages are doable on the phone. They require T9 input. I would argue that the navigation to get into your message is a little bit clunky. What I mean is there's a dedicated button for messages. You hit the button for messages. It presents a list. And the problem with the list is it shows you presumably the phone number from where the message came from. To me, that's not really helpful. What I'd rather see is at least a snippet of the initial part of the message you can't see that on the interface. So you have to, so for example, I did a bunch of the T-Mobile activations and it spammed me with like 10 different messages confirming it was ready to go. All I see is 456. That doesn't help me. So I have to go into it. And then I see that, okay, there's these bunch of messages and it's telling me what's going on and that's all good. If I wanted to delete them, then I have to actually go into the message. Then I have to scroll down to a delete option. Then I have to confirm the delete one by one by one by one by one. I don't find a way, at least not that I can tell, to delete everything for a number other than delete thread. But sometimes the thread is not the right answer. Sometimes it's not the same thread. Sometimes I just want to delete everything that came from that number and they came in different threads because of the nature of the message. I don't see a way to do that within a message, specific message number to just say everything I'm looking at, just delete the darn thing. I don't see it. It may be there. I don't see it. There are options for templates to try to speed up certain responses. Like, you know, I'll be there in five minutes or something of those. But generally speaking, if you're again from that era that was not used to talking on the phone or was not used to the early days of cell phone, it's going to be a culture shock for you. If you're one of those who you and your friends are really heavy on text messaging, this will be a culture shock for you. T9 input is pretty much what you have to do. T9 input the simple form of T9 input. When you look at a phone keypad, there are letters underneath the number. T9 simply means there's two variations of input. There's T9 and then there's what they call 
ABC inputs or one, two, three inputs. The T9 input is a predictive. So predicting, predicting, if I said the quick brown fox, if you were to type T, it might try to predict that you're trying to type the or this or there or them as an example. That's the highest level of prediction. That's T9. The ABC simply says, if I want to type the letter C, I would tap two, three times. And then if I wanted to type O, I would type six, three times. People get frustrated when you have to do it through T9 input, but that's how we used to have to do it way back in the yesteryears when we didn't have keyboards on the phone. And most often we had to work on shorthand. We had to get really good about shorthand or as we used to refer to it as elite speak, where it's just numbers that spelled words because it seemed like it was faster than the alternative, which is what we have here. So if I do T9 input on here, as an example, if I type number two, it's going to say, well, you mean A, B, or C as the first letter. If I type three, it'll say you mean B as in B-E, add as in A-D, Ben as in B-E-N. This is the T9 that I'm referring to. If I were to do the ABC inputs, the ABC inputs is going to say, okay, I want to tap two, three times to get to letter C. This is, this is the biggest shift for people that try to this, do this kind of device because it's hard for them to navigate that as opposed to having the full keypad and you've got two fingers, et cetera. If you're, just, if you're heavy on text messages, that's what I'm saying. If you're heavy on text messages, this is going to be a real shock to you because you're not going to be able to be heavy like your friends. You're not going to keep up with your friends. If you're just using it to receive a message about your pizza order, it's probably okay. But if you're doing it to talk back and forth to your friends, it is doable, but it's probably not going to be friendly. Additionally, the screen is probably not large enough for you to read the entirety of a message because today, if somebody sent you a message that exceeded the 160 characters, you see it as one message. Here, you're probably going to have to do a little bit of scrolling just to be able to understand what's going on. I'm giving you that caveat because I think a lot of people who tried the jump got frustrated, left negative reviews. I see it all over the web. And it's because they went in under the assumption, I can do what I do today with this device. You can't have it both ways. The, the concept of a digital detox is simply that you're not going to do what you did before. That means you're changing. You are shifting away from what you did before because you don't want to do it anymore. That means you tell your friends, I'm not doing this anymore. Just to put in perspective, nobody, I have one friend, one, who sends me a text message and she might send me a text message once every six years. And that's if she needs me for something. Right. And that's about it. I have other people that may send a text, but it's more like an FYI type text. I have other friends that'll just call because they know it's just call. I have people that email me. I would prefer email. You can't get email on this type of device. So for me, I'm cool with that. I have my tablet if I'm not at home or I go on the computer because on the computer, I can type faster than the touchscreen. So I've already adapted my life to a device like this. Others, that's the, that's the understanding, that's the takeaway, and that's the summary of my thoughts about the MPL2 is you are forcing yourself to shift. You're forcing yourself to change. You're forcing yourself to reject smartphone and reject what you could do. That also means limiting yourself by design. That's part of the journey. That's part of the so-called digital detox, quote unquote. If you can't and you feel like it's not going to work for you, it's not going to work for you and be okay with that. If it, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't. And I said that anybody that doesn't come from the culture like I did, that was all about phone calls and not about text messages, 
they're going to find it really hard. They're going to find it really difficult. I will say though, if you've been listening to me this entire time and you're even partially impressed by my communication style and cadence and speed and clarity, understand that this came from years and years of being perfectly fine talking on the phone, talking on the phone to my friends, talking on the phone to the job. When I was applying for jobs, talking on the phone, when I was at work, I was perfectly fine talking on the phone and we did it for hours on end and it created comfort and developed that skill. It developed the skill of being able to communicate effectively. That's where that comes from. So if you don't do it or you don't like to do it or you hesitate doing it, that may possibly theory may correlate to having a difficult time in communication with anybody else. Like if you're in the workplace, for example, but that's a critical skill that I think everybody should have. Part of that comes from talking on the phone and being okay with it. It's never too late to be okay talking on the phone. This device can help you in that regard, which is a great segue over to call quality. I made a couple of calls, was pretty darn impressed with the call quality. It's certainly louder than any other phone that I've used that was not a BlackBerry or Nextel, which used to be one of the carriers that was absorbed in Sprint. Certainly louder. Again, I use it on speaker. was very impressed with what I got. This is one of those phones that, you know, I you can kind of, as the kids stay stunt with it, as you know, you can brag and say, look, I got my little executive little device and it's excellent at making calls. Summary, it's excellent at making calls. It's not going to impress you with text messages. It does have a calendar. It does have a clock. It does have all the other basic bells and whistles. You're not going to see a bunch of apps. You're not going to see a bunch of icons. Everything's text-based, which I like, but there's a basic notes widget. There's a calculator widget. So it's got the core basic essentials for you to be out and about. If you are interested in trying this type of a device, I do encourage you to. All I'm saying is manage your expectations when you get there. If you're coming from a smartphone and that's been your life since you grew up, it'll be a culture shock and I'm not sure it'll be enough for you. And you might feel like there's something wrong with the device. There's nothing wrong with the device. What you're sensing, that, that frustration of a lack of control, is not actually a lack of control. What's happening is the control has been pushed in a different direction. The smartphone was really controlling you. Since the smartphone was controlling you, when you try something like a punk device, the freedom is there, but now you're no longer held hostage to the temptation of using all these great features that are pushed upon you. It's a temptation type thing. It's almost like an addiction, an addiction to technology, an addiction to these types of devices that have injected yourselves into our lives. And some people simply cannot break that addiction. I will say though, it's, it's not for everybody. And I'm going to stress that it's not, this phone is not for everybody. It's for people who really want a solid phone. It's for people who don't want the same phone as everybody else. It's for people who are tired of touchscreens. It's for people who don't do a lot of text messaging. It's for people who want something that, I mean, the battery's life is pretty good for what it is. It's for people who want just a freaking phone. Like I just need to be reached every now and then every blue moon. There's no text messaging, nothing. <laughs> and you use your computer for everything else, let's say, or you have a tablet for everything else, whatever, but you just need a phone available, accessible, and that's it. This, the punked MPL2 is going to be perfect for you. Anybody else that's embedded in a smartphone and whether you recognize it or not, if you're kind of, fixated on your cell phone. You're, you're texting all the time with your friends. You do MMS all over creation. You do photos on your phone. You don't believe in a separate camera because it doesn't make any sense. These 
people, you're going to struggle trying to transition to a device like this because it's not designed for any of this. And I want you to recognize what it's designed for because then you'll start to appreciate what it's good at. What it's good at is the basics, the core basics that we used to have in cell phones and nothing else because it doesn't want to. That's all it's good for. That's all we've got here today on Casual Talk Radio, Gentleman's World. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday, so we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process that's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at casualtalkradio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted, or you can add it to your platform of choice. For now, take care, and I will see you on our next upload.